Welcome to Seeds of Hope. Listen now to this encouraging and uplifting message of faith and trust in our Lord, shared by Father Mike Moore. So you see what I mean? There was a lot going on in there. A lot of different reactions. You could say that the only one who sees in the end, besides obviously our Lord, is the blind man. Everyone else in that story is blind. In fact, you might be able to say everyone else in that story was born blind. We're all born blind in regards to faith. Faith is a gift that comes to us. Comes to us through the gift of baptism over here at the font. It's a gift that's passed on from one generation to the next. I hear about that here at St. Lawrence all the time. People talk about how they pass on the faith from generation to generation. And I hear of all the generations that are here, that have gone through St. Lawrence School. They go back way even beyond the beginning of the parish in 1958. Yeah, we're all born blind. Interesting thing about being born blind. Do you know now there is a way sometimes to be able to give someone sight who's never seen in their whole life. Our medicine has advanced things we've learned to the point where once in a while somebody's particular condition can be corrected and for the first time in their life their eyes work. It's amazing. What would that be like if you saw for the very first time? It's not what I thought it would be. And maybe it's not what you thought it would be either. I want to read to you from Jay-Z Young. He's an authority on brain function. And this is what he said about those particular patients where the surgery has given them sight for the first time. The patient on opening his eyes gets little or no enjoyment. Indeed, he finds the experience painful. He reports only a spinning mass of light and colors. He proves to be quite unable to pick up objects by sight, to recognize what they are or to name them. He has no conception of space with objects in it. Although he knows all about objects and their names by touch, of course, you will say, he must take a little time to learn to recognize them by sight. Not a little time, but a very long time. In fact, years. His brain has not been trained in the rules of seeing. We are not conscious that there are any such rules. We think we see. We say we see naturally. We have, in fact, learned a whole set of rules during childhood. That was surprising to me, because I thought the same thing. If their eyes began to work, it'd be like a camera. The images would be right there. Not thinking that all through our early development, we're learning how to see. So what about seeing for the first time in faith? You know, are there things that we experience? 
In faith, when we first saw them or experienced them, they didn't make sense to us either. So I was thinking about this in my own life. I went to Catholic school. We had Stations of the Cross every Friday in Lent. I still remember how hard those kneelers are. <laughs> and, I, and I remember, oh my gosh, it's like an endurance test over here. How long is this going to last? That's what was going through my mind as a little kid in you know, sixth or seventh grade. I knew Jesus died for us. I was glad about that. But I was totally focused on how long is this going to be? I didn't have the eyes of faith yet to appreciate that. So parents, you know, when you're bringing the kids to Mass, it's very natural for kids to say, I don't get anything out of this. They're still learning how to make sense of it all, how to appreciate it all. It doesn't come at the beginning. And then you've got the idea of like, Adoration is the same way. People go to adoration. People go to adoration every Friday over in the Christ Child Chapel on the other side of the of the campus, which used to be, you know, that in the old days that was a, a um, children's home. That was a little chapel for the kids over there. This was way back in the '60s. But people go there every week, and they'll tell me how they can stay there for hours. Sometimes they're crying, being in the presence of the of the Lord, His real presence, body and Blood, soul, and divinity. When I'm young, or when I'm first getting introduced to that devotion, it can seem like the clock is standing still. I'm so bored. And again, it's about the eyes having to learn how to see. The eyes of the soul having to be taught and opened up. Now I see this young student right here, Clyde. Hey, Clyde, are you okay if I talk about our conversations? You know, all the kids in the school right now, they are doing a Lenten project, a Lenten log. We've asked them as part of their grade, whenever they go to Mass on Sunday, who's the priest? What's your favorite song? And what's the homily about? So Clyde came to me the first Sunday of Lent, and he said, hey, what was the homily about? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? And I, I told you about it, and then I asked you, hey, what did you hear? And he told me a couple of things that he heard. And then I said, I'll tell you what. He said he's going to come back the next week. I said, how about next week if you tell me what the homily is about? He came back last Sunday. It made my day, actually. He told me the whole homily in chronological order <laughs> and what it meant. <laughs> You're talking about there is somebody whose eyes are beginning to open. So yeah, when you think about your own life, can you find spots like that? You didn't have the appreciation early on. It came later. I remember one high school student at the academy. We were talking about contemplation, and when you really felt the presence of God, she told me about Thanksgiving when all her family was there. See what happens here? Watch what happened. She said, I was there, and all of a sudden, I realized this is my family. And I was just filled with love. I was filled with thanksgiving. That young woman's eyes were just opened. So as we're walking through Lent, we still got a ways to go. Our eyes aren't all the way open yet. 
Father Ron Rollheiser, he's a uh, missionary oblate of Mary. He said, there's something maybe in here about understanding purgatory. A lot of people who aren't Catholics say, where is purgatory in the Bible? I mean, I see about heaven, I see about hell. I don't see the word purgatory. But if you think about it, our Catholic faith, we don't say a lot about what purgatory is like. It's a logical extension of everything Jesus says in the Bible. Because everything he says, says there's no shortcuts to learning how to love. We got to go through the process. We got to turn our hearts around. We got to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts. There are no shortcuts. So when I finish my life, whatever it is, how I finish that journey of learning what really love is, whatever that is, that's purgatory. So Ron Rollheiser says this, what if we get to heaven and it looks blurry? We're not there yet in our heart. That process by which we begin to see the beauty and the wonder and the glory of heaven, that would be purgatory. It's a speculation, but it flows from everything Jesus says in the Gospels. I want to close with this prayer from Roy Lesson. He's written lots and lots of books on spirituality. Jesus, I want to see you, for no other face can show me the Father, and no other light can reveal his image. I want to know what it fully means to have the eyes of my heart open to behold the beauty of the Lord and to be in awe of your glory. May you find in me faith that is growing, a trust that is building, and a love that is deepening day by day. Jesus, I wait upon you. Come to me. I listen for you. Speak to me. I look to you. Show me. I lean on you. Keep me. I thank you for being the hope of my heart, the joy of my life, and the reason why I live. Amen. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you would like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike in your web browser or wherever podcasts are available.